Good morning, Browncroft. How are we doing this morning? I heard one guy just, good. Well, I'm glad to have you here this morning. My name's Cody. I'm our middle school director. If you weren't awake yet, I'm about to wake you up. I'm loud and I'm proud. And yes, I did say I work with our middle schoolers. They're awkward. They, I was telling Rob backstage, I love preaching to the adults because they nod at you. Whenever I preach on Wednesday night to middle schoolers, they just stare blankly at me because they just don't know what to do. But I love them because they're awesome and they're authentic. And this morning, if you will allow me, we're going to get real and authentic this morning. One other thing that you should really know about me, my favorite verse in all of Scripture is Romans 1.16. So if you have a Bible or your mobile device, go ahead, take it out. This is going to be our focal point this morning. I'll give you some time to get there. Romans 1.16 says this, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God, that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. Will you join me? I'm going to pray I'm a long-winded prayer, so uh, bear with me. Heavenly Father, may you open our eyes to your presence and our ears to your words. Amen. So, <laughs> I grew up in Syracuse. And I got recruited to come play football here in Rochester at a college called St. John Fisher. And I loved the opportunity to go play football because it meant a fresh start. I could leave behind who I was in high school or what people labeled me as in high school and start new, start afresh. And the reason why I wanted to start afresh was because my senior year of high school, I made this dramatic, amazing decision that I was going to lay down my own life and start following Jesus. No longer was it about me, 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 and keeping the picture on me, and trying to fit into somebody else's inside, or be a part of somebody else's crowd. I wanted to live for Jesus, because of what he did in my life. So I was starting new, and the verse, Romans 1.16, was the verse that stuck with me. That was the power. I was gonna go to college, I was gonna be unashamed of my faith, I was gonna live out my faith, I was going to tell everybody about Jesus. Some of you in this room know exactly what I'm talking about. The moment that you met Jesus, you couldn't stop talking about him. People were like, hey, 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 tone it down here, all right? There's, there's not many Christians here, you know, you just, just tone it back. But I wasn't going to tone it back. I was going to college. This is my time. This is my life. I was going to live it up. Well, I didn't really think through kind of I was going to be on a college football team. There's not really many Christians in that environment. And when I was on the team, I had this internal struggle, this battle that I was continually going back and forth with. On one hand, I wanted to live on a shame. Jesus had changed my life. This was it. I owed him everything. He brought me up from death, set me on the throne of God and said, you will be called my son because I love you and I gave everything for you. And I wanted to give him everything. I wanted to live unashamed. No more was I going to hold back. But on the other hand, I had a team of 100 brothers that chose to live a different lifestyle than me, and I wanted to fit in. I had an addiction to being liked. I just wanted people to like me. I wanted to fit in. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, hey, I like you. 
Now turn to your other neighbor, the one you didn't choose first, and say, I like you too. <laughs> you, see, you see, here at Browncroft, we, we like to have fun, we like to joke, but we like everybody because we are all God's chosen people. And as soon as you step foot inside of this building, you are welcome because we love you. Not because of who you are or what you did, but because of what Jesus did in us. You see, and when I went to college, that's the life I wanted to live. But college, man, it's, it's a different life. It's not like church. There's other things going on. And have you ever read scripture and felt like, man, that's, that's powerful, that's it. And then you're like, man, but I don't feel like Paul understood what was going on around me. Like, he was able to be unashamed. There wasn't all of these temptations. There wasn't this ability or kind of urge or addiction to fit in and have people like me. Well, we're wrong. You see, Scripture is alive, and it is a living tool that God has given us to give an insight to his character and to his purposes for our life. And when Paul was writing this, he wasn't writing to a people group that were just locked inside of a container and everything was all good and well. No, he was writing to Romans, the city of vices and virtues, anything that you desired or wished you could have for a price. You see, Paul was writing and affirming the early church in Rome. You know, whenever you have a leader that stands up and says, I am not ashamed, people are like, yeah, I want to follow that guy. That, that guy knows what he wants. He was trying to set the example for the church in Rome. He knew what was going on. But what Paul did was he said, it's not about me. It's not about what people know about me. It's not that people believe that I'm the best quarterback of the faith in this generation. No, 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 no. It's because of the power of God. It's because what Jesus did in my own life that I'm able to stand up and say, I am not ashamed of the gospel. You see, Rome is a lot like the time we live in today. They wanted to be liked. They wanted to have the honor. They wanted to be the center, center stage. You know, the addiction to being liked isn't something that's just common in our day. It's everywhere. It's littered throughout the old culture, new culture, and the future culture. It's going to exist as long as we are broken. And some people think leaders are inept from feeling this addiction. But if we look in Scripture, Peter and Paul, two names that if you grew up in church you know pretty well, the quarterbacks of faith. It's the Jim Kelly versus the Dan Marino of faith. And Peter kind of had a stumbling block. Now, I'm not talking about when he denied Christ. You know, that was another big stumbling block. But in the book of Galatians, Peter knew that the gospel was for everyone. Jesus broke the chains. He broke the boundaries. He broke the standards. There's no more you belong, you don't belong. Because you follow the rules, you can stay. Because you don't, you can stay outside. Peter knew the rules of why Christ came to die. He came, he lived, he died, he rose again on the third day for everyone. It doesn't matter the standard, the background, the upbringing. Peter knew that in his heart, but his actions spoke drastically different. He was sitting at a table with a bunch of his friends. He was eating bacon and ham and all of the things that the Jewish people despised. Because Peter knew there's no more rules. 
I can live for Christ and my whole life is not contained by these rules and standards, this rigorous law. But then enter his friends, his Jewish friends that thought that there were rules and and parameters before you were a Christian or as you were a Christian, you had to follow a certain set. And what does Peter do? He doesn't stand up. He doesn't preach the gospel unashamed. He doesn't proclaim Christ to his friends. Quietly takes the tablecloth, wipes his face off of all of the unclean meat and steps away from the table. And then Paul, the one who wrote, for I am unashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, said to Peter, you got it wrong, buddy, because being unashamed of the gospel means making the gospel available for all people. The gospel doesn't have standards like you and I. You and I have standards. Think about it. If we're truly honest with ourselves, people who don't fit into our mold, we look at differently. We maybe talk a little bit differently than them or talk to them a little bit differently. You can chalk it up to curiosity. You can chalk it up to whatever you want. But the bold fact is we all have prejudice. And I love how Pastor Rob said it a couple months ago is that only the gospel can make natural born enemies become friends. It's only in the power of Christ that all the standards dissolve away. It's only in the power of Christ where we can stand at a door and greet the picture-perfect family of a husband and wife who's been married for 20 years with the two kids and the white picket fence. We greet them gladly and welcome them into our church. And it's only through the power of Christ can we have the same reaction to the homeless guy that walks through our door smelling of booze, wearing clothes that he's worn for the past three months, welcome him the exact same way. Because there's no standard in the church of Christ. There's no prerequisites in the church of Christ. Theology, no theology. Belief, no belief. Doesn't matter how you look. Doesn't matter your skin color. Doesn't matter your background. Doesn't matter your social economic status. The gospel is for you. And it's our responsibility as Jesus followers to live unashamed, not because of something we can do, but because of transformation. The transformation that the power of Christ has done in our lives, that we can stand confidently and say, the gospel is for you and for you and for you and for me. Because if I was ever in your place, I know that Jesus would come down regardless of how deep I was in the mud, and still pull me out. In Galatians chapter 1, verse 10, it says this, that I think just embodies this idea. Galatians 1.10 says this, Am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. Who are you trying to serve? Living unashamed doesn't doesn't mean that you don't have your friend group. Living unashamed means you're not bound to your friend group. You're not bound to just your people. 
Paul knew this better than anyone. He stood on the largest platform he could and said, the gospel is for everyone. Anyone who has ears to hear and eyes to see, come and experience Jesus. Being unashamed of the gospel means we make the gospel available for all people. Now, it's not something that we just do. It's not something that we can have a seven-step program and we read our Bible a certain way and we you know, pray a certain way and we do these seven things and we're unashamed. It just happens. No, unashamed is a transformation. It's not information. There's nothing I can say from up here. There's no Bible text I can give you. There's no historical context I can give you to better help you become unashamed. For you to be unashamed, you need to have your heart touched by Christ. I can't do it. Your neighbor can't do it. What we need to do to be unashamed is have a personal interaction with Jesus and say, Jesus, I can't do it. I don't have the ability, I don't have the skills, I can never be good enough, I can never read my Bible enough, I can never pray enough, I can never have the right theological answers enough times. Jesus, I need you and only you. And when we make that transition, our life is transformed in the ability to live unashamed for the gospel. Being unashamed also means that we seek opportunities to invite others. Paul was writing the church in Rome saying, don't just lock yourselves in a basement. Don't just be comfortable with being comfortable. Don't just be safe with the safety of your walls. Go and seek the opportunities. When I was in college, I had a friend, his name was Alex. He was an you know acquaintance. We got along. His junior year, he caught Lyme's disease, and Lyme's disease basically sucks out all of your energy. Everyone thought that he was never going to play football ever again. But he comes back, and we were excited to have him back. And we knew he wasn't really going to contribute. He was more there as a supportive, encouraging mascot. And we rallied around him, and we loved Alex. There was one day at lunch. Alex was sitting by himself, and I just thought and had the urge of, I'm going to go say hi, see how he's doing. It's been a while, haven't really talked to him. Sat down at the table and I said, hey, Alex, how's it going? That's all he said. How's it going? We talked a little bit. We talked about his Lyme's disease. We talked about what was going on with him. And he just looked at me and said, Cody, all I knew was I was a football player. That's it. I was a football player through and through. Lyme's disease took that away. I don't, I don't know who I am. And it's a stark reality that most college athletes are met with after their senior year, but for him, he was really struggling with this. And he just looked at me and asked, Cody, I know you tore your ACL, and you couldn't play football for a year. How'd you do it? How'd you get through? How'd you maintain hope? And I was able to share a little bit about Jesus. 
and how Jesus came to give me life and life to the fullest, and it's because of him that I'm able to have hope in a freedom that I am not bound to an identity based on a thing or a person, but I have freedom in Christ knowing that he loves me beyond a shadow of a doubt, and no one can take that away. No power in hell, no weapon formed against me shall even think about stealing that away. And as I sat across the table, there was no reaction. He just listened. We parted ways, and that was it. Every opportunity does not end in a victory, but that shouldn't discourage you from seeking them out. We all have stories where we had an opportunity and we sought it, and there was rejection. It didn't end with them coming to Christ. It didn't end the way we pictured it. It didn't drop your standards and be faithful. God doesn't say, hey, go out, and I promise you'll succeed. No, he says, just be faithful. Be faithful to what I have called you to. Be faithful and know what I did in your life, I can do in anyone's life. You see, that was my story. When I was in high school, I was labeled the burnout. I was literally kind of on the blacklist of parents in my hometown. They kind of didn't want me coming around their place. They knew I was a bad influence. Trust me, things have changed. Don't take your kids away from our program. <laughs> and when I was in high school, I was in a wrong way with some worse people. And that was just, that was me. I, I, I don't can't say I loved it, but that I didn't know any better. I was an attention seeker. I had the addiction to being liked. I loved being the center of attention. You see, and people started writing me off. Oh, he's just the party kid. Uh, he'll never amount to anything. I mean, he's a good football player, but you know, what, what talent is he going to have in college when you know, he really gets to experience the party? People started writing me off left and right. Nah, he's not worth a try. We tried once, and, you know, he's, he's not going to come back. One guy, his name's Jason, never gave up. One guy changed my life. And it wasn't because of anything he did. It wasn't because of anything he said. It was because he lived out this truth. He lived unashamed for the gospel because he knew that the power of God that changed his life was the power of God that could change anyone's life. It doesn't matter how far gone they are doesn't matter what they did, doesn't matter if other people wrote them off, the power of Christ can change anyone's life. So I was in school and Jason was our tech teacher and he asked me to come to Young Life Club. I said, nah, I'm not going to go. That's stupid. Who would ever go to that? Asked me again the next day, hey, we're having club on Monday nights. We'd love to have you come out. And my mom at home is also nudging me. She's like, I think you should go. I think, you know, you really need to go to club. And so I did. But before we went to club, me and my two friends, we came to my house, we got drunk, and we went to Young Life Club. First club, I don't remember anything. What I do remember, though, Jason sat next to me. He welcomed me at the door. He could smell the alcohol on my breath. He didn't turn me away. 
He didn't say, no, we don't do that here. He said, no, you are welcome here. You need the gospel more than anyone else in this room. You need it more than I do, and I need it a lot. He sat next to me. He talked to me. He didn't bribe me. He didn't blackmail me to, you know, hey, if you don't go to Young Life Club, you're going to get a bad grade. No. He sought the opportunity. There was no standard in his mind. He just saw a broken young man who needed Jesus. Fast forward a couple years, my father figure passed away my sophomore year, and I went in a deep, dark hole. All I knew was partying. All I knew was this way of life. Jason refused to say no. And you see, what Jason established, because he was unashamed of the gospel, he lived out the truth that not asking is saying no for others. He wasn't going to let that hold him back. He was not going to not ask. He wasn't going to sit idly by and just watch me live a self-destructive lifestyle and just watch me implode. So that summer, he asked me to go to summer camp. It was fun. I loved it. I never expected my life to change. He sat with me on the porch overlooking the lake, and he looked me in the eye and said, Cody, you have two, you have two choices right now. You're in a bad place, and you're going, going deeper into it. You can either turn and try to understand who this Jesus guy is, and I'll walk with you through it, or you're probably going to end up in prison by the time you graduate high school. And I looked at him, and it wasn't a guilt thing. It wasn't an ultimatum, but I knew what he said was true because he took time. He didn't believe in the standards. He didn't believe in who I was based on what I did or where I came from. He knew I was a child of God, and that's who God called him to ask. He sought the opportunities. He didn't just sit in his classroom and say, maybe I'll have the opportunity to talk to him after class. Maybe I'll see him in the hallway. Maybe I'll see him after school. He didn't wait. He didn't just feel comfortable in his class and say, well, I could talk about young life in class, but I'm not going to because this is comfortable. This is safe. Not asking is saying no for others. And as I ponder back on that time, I think, what if he never asked? How close are you from being somebody else's no? What if somebody never asked you to come to church, to come and see who Jesus really is? You see, we all have a story. I guarantee it, most of us in this room were invited by somebody else to come and see. What would your life look like if they never asked. Who's in your life right now where you just haven't asked? What's their life look like? You see, living unashamed for the gospel doesn't mean that you have to do more. It doesn't mean that you have to read your Bible more. It doesn't mean that you have to pray more. No. It just means you got to get down on your knees and pay attention to Jesus more. you got to re- Calibrate your focus. It's not about an information, it's about a transformation. What's the heart change? Jesus is trying to get after your heart. 
I pray that you would open your eyes and open your ears to the presence of God this morning. That he's calling each and every one of us. He's chosen you to sit in this seat, to sit in this place, to experience the presence of Jesus this morning. Because he knows that he wants to use you to reach somebody else. You see, our REACH initiative is the greatest thing to ever happen. And we have this great building and this great facilities. But it doesn't mean anything if we live out, well, I'm just not going to ask. I love this place. It's comfortable. It's safe. This is my home. This is my church. Not asking is saying no for others. We need to get out of God's way and let him do the work. I am unashamed of the gospel, not because of anything I did, not because of my actions, not because of my works, but because it's the power of God. It is the power of God. That Jesus, he lived three years in doing his ministry. He died on the cross. He rose again from the dead. And his greatest command that I hear in my heart every day is that I came to give you life and life to the fullest. Don't be somebody's no. Don't stand in the way of God's power. Let's stand up as a church and realize There's no more standards. Everyone's fair game. God has called everyone back home. He wants his family to grow, continue to grow. He's reaching to the ends of the earth. Our feet work fine. Our mouths work fine. We're going to go seek opportunities because there's no power in hell, no weapon formed against me that's going to hold me back. I'm going to live unashamed every day of my life until God takes the last breath out of my lungs. But you want to know why? Because Jason never gave up on me and I will never give up on somebody else. Don't stop with just saying it's enough. Not asking is saying no for somebody else. I'm going to welcome the band back up and we're going to sing one more song. And as I close, I just want you to think about this. It's a shuddering reality to think about this idea of what if somebody never asked me? Where would I be? I'll tell you boldly, I wouldn't be on this stage proclaiming the gospel. My whole family's in the back to come hear me preach, and they'll testify. They'll tell you, there's no way Cody should have ever been up on that stage. But it's because one guy was unashamed of the gospel, and he refused not to ask. No way am I going to let a standard, my comfort, my safety get in the way of somebody else's experience to experience the freedom of the gospel. Here at Browncroft, we're all about inviting others into a life-changing relationship with Jesus. As the new year rolls out, let's stand up as a church and have our mission be ignited by the Spirit of God because we refuse to say no for others. They might say no. They might laugh at us, they might turn away from us, but I'm not okay with what ifs. I'm not going to say no for others. Will you join me? Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you, Jesus, that it is the power of you, Jesus, 
It's not in anything we can do. It's not in our abilities. It's not in our theology. It's not in our ability to do good, Jesus, but it is in your grace, your power. Jesus, you are the answer. You are the Savior. We don't have to be the Savior, but we need to be the feet in the mouths of your gospel. Jesus, our feet work fine, and our mouths, they can speak. Will you give us the opportunities? May we seek them out. May you obliterate our standards. May you open up our eyes to a new people group. And may we never say no for others, because we will live unashamed for your gospel. Amen.